Welcome back to Cricket Central, the podcast where we discuss all the stories, big and small. I'm here with Omsatija today, so we're very much uh, continuing the theme of substitutes uh, in this uh, test match, but um, I assure you Omsatija will perform much better than uh, Anderson Phillip and Marquino Mimli have performed thus far. Uh, in the second test of Australia against the West Indies coming, the day-night test from Adelaide Oval. It's always a big uh, event um, in the summer. Uh, so on uh, on the first day, Australia won the toss again. <laughs> the West Indies have been quite unlucky um, with that uh, in these two tests. Um, and then really, apart from Warner going out in the first session, uh, they were in control at lunch, uh, one for 89 from 28 overs, probably just a, a couple overs at the end that the West Indies uh, kept the runs down a bit. I think they went about 20 balls without scoring at one point, the Australians, but otherwise it was all for the Aussies. Uh, then in the second innings, uh, sorry, the second session, uh, they got to three for 189 um, with Labashain and Head uh, starting off a, a big partnership there. Uh, and then really in that final session, even though the the night came down uh, with the pink ball, there's always hopes of, of something happening. Really, things fell apart a bit for the Windies um, in the final session. And at the end of this day, Australia finished on three for 330 with Labashain bringing up his third century um, in a row and Travis Head scoring his first century um, at his home ground of Adelaide Oval. Uh, so, um, how did you see that uh, first day? More pain for the Windies? Uh, pretty tragic, actually. <laughs> All I ask is a bit of fight. All I ask is a bit of a contest. And um, I think the most disappointing thing, obviously, for the Windies is not not even just the, obviously, just the injuries and 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 you know just the general pretty bad tour they've had so far but I think just the lack of fight and energy they had I don't think it was that hot in Adelaide yesterday you know day night test good reasonable crowd and I don't know fielders seemed flat from literally 10 overs in like you know even if Roston Chase is bowling pies that wouldn't even that would get spanked in first grade you still got to be up and about and supporting them in the field so yeah, I think that was disappointing. And um, yeah, yeah, it was probably Labuschagne's first flawless innings. But uh, no, it was. It's just yeah, it's just too difficult. And I think any, you know, any little bit of pressure that the West Indies, West Indies did build up, they just let it go and they didn't sustain it long enough um, with their bowling. I think obviously Labuschagne fought through at some point and they were bowling well, and then they just let it slip um, just at crucial moments, and then Australia capitalised. So. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope they'll put a better fight up today. And I have I have a bit of hope in, in at least their top order, a couple of their top order, the West Indies when they come out to bat two to try and hopefully contest Australia's score. But let's just hope it's a good test match. Yeah, there were some bizarre moments uh really for the Windies. I know when they finally got the first wicket of David Warner, uh Joseph set him up quite well with a bouncer and then well, a wide one that somehow David Warner decided to edge to the keeper. But, you know, they got the wicket, bit of pressure, it was back on the Aussies. And then who do they bring on? They bring on Roston Chase in, I think, the... Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Was the Where is Rakeem when you need him? Oh, yeah, well, exactly. But surely even Rakeem, you shouldn't be bringing him on in the 10th over of a, of yeah, a peak bell match. Uh, that was just bizarre. And there were moments like that 
all through all through the game. And I, I guess you can say, you know, the pitch, it's a typical Adelaide batting pitch, but you, you've got to expect more um, from them. Do you think really any of these bowlers, well, obviously Jason Holder's coming to the end of his career and still bowled a right, um, was good economy, only a two economy and did tie them down at times. But now Zari Joseph, he's supposed to be the, the the new hope for the Windies. And he showed some signs in that match. I think his pace was a lot better than the first test um, around the 140s, a lot more consistently, a couple of good short balls, but he just seems to um, just give too many easy balls, uh, don't you think, Tom? Do you think he has what it takes to become their new spearhead or uh, or not? Well, I think more than anything, like, they always say at that level, especially test cricket is 90% mental. And, mm. um, and for him, I mean, it's easy, obviously sitting on the couch and commenting, but yeah. probably is the case where, you know, he, he has the skill set and everything, but it's about, it's just about sustained pressure. And yeah, he, and you just, I think there were just too many times he just strayed one down leg um, and just released all the pressure and, he just couldn't seem to he just couldn't really seem to string together enough consistency in the right areas to to threaten you know obviously that he, there were short spells and even in Perth obviously they kept referencing that but I just thought yesterday like he has a talent he has a skill set he's taken he's he's done you know he's done reasonable test level but in Australia you know when the going gets tough tough have to get going and I think the West Indies just like they just lack a bit of fighting character. I think sometimes, especially when you're a weaker team, what you might lack in skill compared to the other, you know, the better teams on paper, you can make up for and fight in character. And you just see like, you know, not qualifying for the T20 World Cup for starters. There are other smaller teams out there in that in the preliminary stages of the World Cup that just fought out of sheer character. Like they just fought their way through um, Netherlands and stuff without any, without really any talent. They're full of first graders so the windies yesterday like you know you're playing a test match you know people wouldn't chop an arm or a leg to be in that position and most of them don't even look like they want to be there so you know alzari as well like it's probably hard for him he doesn't have apart from jason holder he really can't rely on anyone to actually support him with the ball and um but it just collectively like yeah i I don't even know why why they're there just if alzari wants to be at that, especially at that level, it's just so difficult. It's probably a mental thing more than anything. He has to have a bit more fighting and spirit. You know, you look at Kurtley Ambrose and those guys, like they were relentless. So that's just that's just my two cents on, on what he was probably lacking. And, and that was reflected by the rest of the team as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a sad point, but a, a good point. I think the point made in commentary as well was in that first test, we did see a, a fair bit of fight, I thought, mm-hmm. with, yeah. with both bat and ball. But um, whether it's the the injuries that they've just thought, oh, you know, we've got no chance here. Um, I mean, they did have a lot of injuries. You said to me, what was it um, that, who was it who was injured, still had to come on um, as a substitute fielder? Oh, yeah, Jaden Stills, I think, still had to field even though. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, so they have got... They have got unlucky. We'll, we'll give them that. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, right. I was just I was just waiting for the phone call myself if they needed a specialist <laughs> sub to sweep around the you know, sweep around the boundary. But yeah. get just, out uh, the dodgy dodgy West Indian passport or something. Uh, surely you can, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, as long as I put the accent on, I'll be fine. <laughs> um, oh, well, yeah. this is 
becoming quite a pessimistic podcast, but we'll get on to some positive things, at least from an Australian perspective. Um, and in particular, it was Labuschagne becoming just the third person um, to have scored three test centuries in a row, um, uh, more than once, I think it was. Oh, no, sorry, against the West Indies. That's that. So he's also in a list of the um, up there with only a couple of people who have done it more than once. Um, yeah. But the 10th test century for him as well um, and looked very good uh, yesterday. Oh. Yeah, he's crazy. He's just, I think they use the word insatiable hunger for runs. And he doesn't, yeah. And he's just, the, he's literally in the opposite end of the spectrum to the Windies. Like, is it, he just wants to be there. He doesn't, he doesn't want to leave. And I thought even there were always periods where Jason Holder was tying him up or Alzari was, you know, just fishing, fishing out. I think even Phillips had a couple, you know, just here and there where they're just tempting him and they're just holding him, tying him down. But the difference is like, he fights through that and, and even at test level, you see batsmen after a little bit of time, they fish out at one and they just make a wrong decision to get out. But he like, just incredible. Like he just, just sees him off, sees him off. And then the moment they just throw a bad one, he's ready and he's just there to go. And it's ne never a fluke, these sort of things. Like he obviously since 2019, that amazing uh, unearthing is, even even he's had some little you know ups and downs as well in Pakistan and stuff where he didn't go really get a hundred or a big score but he just fights and uh, yeah it's as much as I, I get bored of his no run um, you know, <laughs> quips and stuff he's yeah it's it's pretty hard to stop him and I think it'll be really I'm more excited I guess to see how he goes in India and the UK mm. next year against some quality bowling and testing conditions but. For now, yeah, actually, I actually don't know when he's actually going to get get out. Um, maybe Craig Brathwaite will have to underarm it or something um, for for them to have any chance. Yeah, yeah, no, it is pretty remarkable. But as you say, I think this series is about uh, getting the average up high enough. So even if they don't, Mate, even it's, if it's, it's just like a center wicket for him. It's, it's not yeah, even, it's not even <laughs> it's, yeah, getting it up high enough. So even if he fails in India, it's still you know high 50s or something i think that's what no, no, he, he needs he <laughs> needs to make run he i don't even care if he averaged single digits against south africa it's about india and, and england where he has to make runs. yeah so, yeah it's, no, it's, it's, it's yeah it's good to watch he's just yeah top and we player. we spoke um i think was with pearson uh on the about in in the last test about how he's sort of quote unquote the the luckiest batsman he edges it a lot gets oh yeah 100 percent. Yeah. but but i think this match is probably one of the few you watch that he didn't edge it at all yeah. which um perhaps says a bit about how the west indies were bowling but uh anyway yeah another brilliant performance by labashay um and you you said about how he doesn't flash at any um well in stark contrast to that uh, we had travis head also scoring a century who who does love flashing at it, but flashes it to the boundary most of the time um, in Australian pitches, at least. Uh, yeah. Brings up his fifth century, first in uh, South Australia, um, his home state, my home state. So good on Travis Head for, oh, for okay. doing that for the South right, Aussies. So. Yeah. And yeah. Um, well, what do we think of, of his innings, Zong? Yeah, look, he's uh, <laughs> pretty good. Um, I still have my res. I, I know it's you know I'm like it's easy for us to talk as couch potatoes, but you know just just critiques, expert critiques that we are. Um, 
and a test hundred is a test hundred and he bat you know he was man of the series against England last year so that's you know that, he's batted well and he's hitting him well still am not convinced um just the way he plays especially and even spin like in Australia you know spin is easy to play the ball sits up it's it's you know flatter wickets good for batting mate when Ravi Ashwin is bowling them and they're going underground, I just cannot see how, like, yes, you need an attacking mindset against that, but and that's usually how the Indians play, but on their own turf. But, oh, yeah, I know I'm not, I'm not ignoring his amazing innings. He batted impeccably yesterday, and he just made, he made it look very easy. You know, they're still bowling one, one forty, Alzari is, and and you know with a, you know. On even on a flight where we get pink ball, sometimes swinging away, etc., and he's just smacking him through. But yeah, I don't know when Anderson and Broader <laughs> in the UK. I'm uh, I'm intrigued to see how he uh, how he goes against that. But I, I like obviously I think in in the Australian lineup he's a good his his attitude and mindset is really good and and you need someone like that even when and it showed last in last Ashes in the last Ashes where when your back's against the wall someone comes out firing and. And they almost counterattack uh, because mm. the other, you know, it, it just adds a, a new element. It, it, it adds a good flair to to the lineup. So, um, yeah, I love that, but still not sold on how, you know, how he'll go overseas. But I think he'll obviously work on it, and I and I have confidence. You know, Mike Hussey was endorsing him yesterday that, you know, he'll work really hard. Um, no shit, I mean, the Test cricketers, of course, they will, and uh, I'm sure. He'll, um, he'll adapt his game to not be – when I say a flat-track bully, and it's still test cricket, but, you know, they are flat wickets in Australia and um, they they are good for batting against quality bowling. But, you know, against overseas, I'm, I'm hoping he'll uh, – that, that's going to be the real test of him. Yeah. Well, I think that the stats back you up on that at the moment. I think he averages 22 or something um, away from Australia at the moment. Yeah. When uh, I saw him go to Pakistan and Sri Lanka, I, I just knew in my heart. I was like, I just yeah. didn't feel he would. And again, catch critique that I am averaging 10 on my cricket, but I just had a gut <laughs> feeling he just wouldn't even. And Pakistan, they had flat wickets. I didn't. I know he didn't bat as much because he was making 300s. Yeah. I just had a gut feeling like he just wasn't adept to those conditions for some reason. I, and it, and it, I sort of guess proved me, I was proven right, but yeah. I hope he, he improves himself overseas because, yeah, that's where you need it. And that's what guys like Marnus and Smith and all that, they can bat. Basically, all conditions, they work on their game to adapt it. Um, they, they, you can't bat the same way you do in Australia, in the subcontinent or in England, you know. Your technique, when you're playing, you can't, you know, playing Axar Patel on the back foot is not the same as playing Roston Chase's dolly, dolly drops. You, know? <laughs> you have to, yeah. it's just different. So, yeah, anyway. I think that's a, that could be the quota of the podcast uh, today, that one. But uh, yeah, regardless of how he plays overseas, he's perfect for Australia and he did that again yesterday. Yeah. Okay, the, the final talking point from uh, the first day was David Warner failing again. Um, he, he, was looking, he was looking brilliant. He just smacked two nice drives to the fence, um, but then he decides to just, with no footwork at all, slash it. Um, a really wide one from Joseph um, and got caught behind. There is a lot of talk coming now about, well, you know, obviously we've got a lot of off-field stuff as well with sort of the 
fight between him and Cricket Australia over um, the sandpaper gate sort of rearing up again. Um, and a lot of people saying that, you know, is well, he's even said himself, he's close to retirement and sort of with uh, the, the sort of scores he's been getting recently, um, potentially that could be, happen sooner than uh, rather than later. Uh, what do you think of Is it time for him to step away sometime soon? Um, nah, look, to be honest, like that's the way he got out yesterday. It's ugly and it's horrific, but that's, I think that's always been the way he plays. Like he does get out like that. It, that exact dismissal really random reminded me enough that I have. It just reminded me of how he got out in Hobart like seven years ago against Philander or something uh, when Philander took like six far. And it was just like Australia with just green top, you know, you just had to dig in a bit and you just flashed it a wide one like that. And, uh, and you know, we got rolled for 70 or whatever. But um, look, I, I think, look, I think beyond just the scores. I think, look, I think David Warner was still, still has an important role to play. And, and I know Sandpaper Saga, I just think that should have been kept behind closed doors. I don't really yeah. care for what his leadership been. You know, that that's between him and Cricket Australia. I don't know why, I don't know why it's been reported everywhere. Should have been yeah. private, but um, I think, yeah, I think he still has an important role to play because especially in the overseas tours, yes, he has probably struggled, especially in India and England, but he does also have a lot of experience from those tours there. And he's still really fit. Um, he's probably one of the, like, he looks like he's still one of the fittest blokes in the team. He's got a, like, you know, he has still got a lot of energy to give and, and to play. And I think, yeah, I just think with guys who've been around that long, they'll, they'll generally turn their fortunes around. I know he hasn't scored a lot of runs in 2022, but I still think, I think for the next, you know, eight to 12 months, he's still, still a pretty important player in that side. And I reckon, yeah, you could look at blooding a new opener into the side like Henry Hunt or whatever, whoever's next in. But I still think he will probably be pretty integral, not just with the bat, just in with his presence to winning a series in India and England. That's just my two cents. And, I, and he, I, he, I don't know, I just, I sometimes, I used to hate him a lot, but I really, I've learned to respect, like he's 36 or 37. And he's still got such a fiery and energetic attitude towards playing. So I respect that. And I think I think he'll I think he'll contribute in, in ways with the bat and, and beyond. Yeah, yeah. I think I probably agree. I, I guess the only difference between his you spoke about the dismissal in Hobart, and we know his his struggles on green tops, but the last two mm. matches have been far from green tops. And normally Yeah, you yeah. Think, you think back to uh, the 2019 series against Pakistan, another sort of subpar bowling attack. Oh, and yeah. He plundered a, a triple century. So it's a, a start on Adelaide Oval. <laughs> yeah. I actually um, don't know why people froth over Adelaide Oval, which is probably one of the worst wickets in the world. The only time it's ever looked good is when Jimmy Anderson, who's just the best swing bowler in the world, makes it look good because he swings a pink ball at night. It's, one, it's actually a rubbish wicket. I don't know why they don't... <laughs> Like at least the MCG has become a little bit better. It's become a bit more spicy. Shield games are not draws and stuff. And test matches have been better. Adelaide is just like the ground is nice, but the wicket is trash. Like they have got a. I know they had a concert and stuff, but I'm just saying the last so many years, even with a pink ball test, just too easy for batting for the most part. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, I'm hesitant. No, to say no that, offense but, to your uh, people. Tim. Yeah. No offense to your people, yeah. but they've just got to just got to fix the wing, mate. I just think. Yeah. Like, well, it is a good yeah, point. Whatever. Yeah. yeah you they could... leave a lot of grass on its shore, but it doesn't seem to do much for mm. literally ninety percent of the day. Yeah, well, it's a good point because, as you say, you know, Melbourne and Sydney have there's been questions about them over the last few years about the pitch, but they seem to have yeah. both sort of worked it out yeah. Adelaide's probably the next one that needs to do something yeah I, I do agree and they don't that. get criticized because they're the they're the pink ball test and mm. nice looking grand grandstand and all that so people just get distracted by all the pizzazz but it, the, the pitch <laughs> sucks like it is so flat and boring it does nothing like it's just it's just yeah they just mm. they have to do something about it I think um if we if the windies make runs It'll probably show. It'll probably people will actually start to question it. But you know, Mitch Stark with the pink ball under lights is also another beast. So yeah, yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, another pessimistic note to end um, end the podcast. No, on. no. <laughs> it was just an area for improvement, and oh. uh, and I'm definitely optimistic about everything else. You know, about the test. <laughs> yeah. No, that's all right. Very good. Okay, well, that's all for the recap today. We'll be back tomorrow for more. Thank you all for coming on. Uh, Thank you all for listening uh, and goodbye.